Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Happy gorgeous Tuesday afternoon. Great to have you with us here, John, uh, on vacation this week. Back on Monday, Dana Park's coming up an hour from right now. Salina, Kansas is where we go for this next story here. If you want to get in, 913-586-7798. I've only been to Salina a couple of times. I assume many of you are going to know this restaurant called The Cozy Inn. And for what it's worth, it was the Kansas Justice Institute that sent the story around a little bit. Take that for what it's worth. Um, but Steve Howard has filed a federal lawsuit. He is the owner of The Cozy Inn. Uh, this federal lawsuit against the city of Salina saying that they are violating his free speech rights. What he has been doing is having a mural painted on the side of his building. Uh, He hired local artist Colin Benson to paint what he describes as a whimsical mural depicting burger-esque flying saucers. I I didn't make this up. Piloted by aliens attacking the cozy inn with blasts of ketchup and mustard. Um, I'll, I'll point out that it's not all the way done. It's, it's partly done, but this restaurant clearly has a drive through and the picture that we've got attached to this story is on the side of the building with the drive through window. I assume the part that's not done is that the interior hasn't been painted. It's just been outlined, but there is a picture of a flying saucer slash burger. And yes, there are. If you had not told me it was ketchup and mustard, I wouldn't know that necessarily. But there are splashes of paint on the outsides, and some of the red has been filled in, and some of the yellow has been filled in. And it says, don't fear the smell. The fun is inside. Cozy in hamburgers. There's a big lit sign there. So this was underway, half finished. A lot of it still needs to be done. And this is where, Steve Howard says at least, city officials stopped the work and ordered him to not keep going on this work. And the reason they gave is that the city of Salina considers his mural to be a regulated sign instead of unregulated artwork and therefore a violation of city code. I don't have the ordinance in front of me that tells... um, One would assume then that there are just more rules that go on where those signs can go and how big they can go and what colors they can be and that kind of thing. But they consider it to be a regulated sign, not just artwork, and therefore it violates the city code and he's got to stop. He has filed a lawsuit saying the First Amendment 
does not allow the city of Salina to restrict speech like murals and other artwork based on the message it conveys or the identity of whoever owns that mural or whoever owns the business. Uh, the Kansas Justice Law Institute is in on this lawsuit. They don't want money from the city of Salina. To me, that always feels like it gives it a little more credibility. They just want to be able to finish the law, uh, the mural. They just say that the restrictions on the mural violate the freedom of speech, and they just want to be able to finish it. 913-586-7798. Um, if you have been to Salina, if you've seen this business, should a mural, and I don't... Um, what I'm going to, well, maybe I shouldn't assume this. I'm wondering what about this makes it a regulated sign. And I'm wondering if it's the fact that there are words in it. That if the mural were just artwork, what what qualifies as a sign, I think, is is what we're going to fight about here, is what the lawsuit is going to be over, is what what's the difference between a sign and artwork? And I'm going to suggest that there being words in this, makes it a sign. I think it's still artwork, but that I feel like is the argument that they could make. The only other thing I'll point out here, if you don't, if you can't look at this online, is that it appears as though um, the lit up sign that says Cozy Inn Hamburgers established, whatever year this was established, was already there. And that they're painting the mural around that lit up sign. So I'm, yeah, and Colin's not in his head. I assume that's not a part of this. I assume we're we're fighting about the painted part on the side of this white building. Yeah, it's all it's all that painted stuff that you yeah. see. The the big sign on top is anything that you'd see, like the golden arches for McDonald's. Right. It's like the the logo, if you will. Yeah, and there's a second one like that that's off on the side of the building. And 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 the owner is arguing, listen, we've been around for a really long time and we get a lot of people coming in from out of town. And it and frankly, um, I think mural is, I, I guess we're calling it a mural because it's big artwork on the side of the building, but it, it looks kind of cool. I, this isn't, um, you know, it doesn't take up the whole side of the building. I don't know if they're planning to fill it in, but the artwork's kind of cool for what it's worth. 913-586-7798 if you want in. John's first up out of Parkville. Hey, John. Hey, good afternoon. Well, you said the, the most important thing that already you know, the, the guy is suing the city of Salina, and I think he's spot on to sue because, you know, we're talking First Amendment stuff here, you know, freedom of expression. And if the sign was already in place and he's wrapping around the sign, to me, it's still artwork. Um, Just emphasizing. Yeah, I um, so what what would make it a regulated sign to you? If he had painted his name, his business hours, his phone number, his website. Um, okay. He didn't do any of that, but there are words on it that, I'm, I, yeah, I'm struggling for a reason too, but there are words on it that aren't the name of the business, but that indicate the name of the business. It is kind of a sign for the business. Well, I have—I grew up in California, but my grandparents and my mom were denizens of the next town, East Abilene. Um, that whole part of the nation is uber conservative, and I think. 
First Amendment needs to be played out here. And I just, I honestly think Salina's wrong about this one. Yeah, I, I hope this goes to court because this is, again, I'm debating in my head, what is the definition of a regulated sign? And somebody in the city of Salina made that decision about this. Yeah, you know, somebody made a decision and, you know, let's let the city council bury themselves in money. Okay, thanks a lot, John. I appreciate you getting in. 913-586-7798. Dustin's next up out of Overland Park. Hey, Dustin. Hey, how's it going? Great, thanks for the call. Um, I just wanted to say that I grew up with Cozy. I'm from Salina. My whole family is from Salina. Oh, cool. Um, That thing's been a staple of Salina since I can remember. And it just seems unnecessary to, especially something that's a staple, to regulate his mural. And that thing's been there so long that he should be able to, you know, a set from anything that's offensive. He should be able to paint his building. And it's not like he is making a sign. It's a, a nice artwork that, Yes, highlights the business, but he's not putting his hours on there and stuff. And I just think it's a money grab. But I honestly think um, that it will go to court. If it does, they're going to lose. So you're really only giving him positive press. Um, Here's where we'll we'll disagree is I don't think how long a business has been there should give them special treatment in terms of application of this ordinance. I could agree with that. I just am a, am a fan of Cozy. And, like, so they they take his sign away, and then what, what if he decides he doesn't want to do the business no more? That's taken away from someone that's grown up on Cozy. And I think that, you know, you're probably right about you can't play favorites. But I think that art is also subjective, and I think that um, as long as you're not putting the hours and stuff on there, you can – call anything you want art and so they should just back off this guy because we all love it we everybody my whole family talks about the mural we want the mural so let us have the mural (laughs) okay so give us some insight actually because i have not spent a ton of time in salina give me some insight into the cozy inn and why the place is so special um the cozy inn i i want i might be misspoken but i believe he the original owner was part of the White Castle guy with the slider, inventing the slider, you know? Okay. Um, we could find that out. He left, he left Wichita to go to Salina, and he opened the Cozy Inn. But it sits in my – so I worked there for a while growing up. My dad worked there. My uncle worked there. They have the same grill since they've opened. Oh, wow. Um, it's just an amazing place for sliders. And you can get, like, 20 sliders for, like, 15 bucks. It's crazy. <laughs> And so it's just a, just a staple of Salina. Like when you talk to people that go to Salina, they, they know Cozy. And that's kind of our, our place. <laughs> um, interesting. We'll have to look up the background on that about White Castle. That would, be, that would be really fascinating. Yeah, it seems like the kind of place that I've not done this drive in a long time, but on a drive from Denver to Kansas City, I would stop. Like these are the kind of places oh, yeah. that I seek out. Definitely should try and stop there if you're driving to Disney. Definitely. I appreciate you getting in, Dustin. Thanks for giving us the insight. Um, We are trying to figure out, Colin's doing his best, and so am I, (laughs) reading city code to figure out if they have a definition of regulated sign. I took a media law class. I am not proficient in 
city legislature. So no? give me a second here to <laughs> read through the articles. We'll see if we can. Now, it's entirely possible there is not a definition, and that would be on purpose. Um, but I'm coming back to what I traditionally think of a mural to be. And I know I keep coming back to this, but you, it's a little more abstract. Or if it's not abstract, it, it could be anything. You could look at it and maybe it shows a particular place, but there aren't words on it that identify that place. And there are words in this mural. Um, yeah, art is incredibly subjective and I'm not an art person and this is not my area of expertise. But if you want to point out to me something generally considered to be a mural that has words in it helping to point out a business. I mean, I think part of the problem is it's on the side of this business and they might just say, the city might just argue by virtue of it being on the side of the business and it depicting, you know, the flavors that you would get inside, that makes it a regulated sign. What I want the city of Salina to do here that to my knowledge they haven't yet, is to tell him, here's what you need to change about it to make it a mural. Here's what would make it meet. Instead of this going to a federal lawsuit, for crying out loud, all he wants to do is take, It's this is a white building on the side. All he wants to do is paint something cool on the side of his building. Tell him what he needs to do so that this meets city code. And the fact that they're not doing that is just completely annoying. 913-586-7798 if you want in on this one. Uh, we're getting comments on the text line. We'll get to more of those next here on KMBZ. Phone number 913-586-7798. Uh, we got to get some breaking news out of Utah. And I don't know how much uh, I don't know how much we'll do with this. And it's just now coming in. Um, man, at a time that we're talking a lot about guns and violence and shootings. And if I'm not mistaken... We haven't even gotten to this yet. There's a story out of Wichita about a child that was fatally shot, and they're looking for the suspect, uh, and they can't find him, and they're encouraging him to turn himself in. Tool, Utah. If I'm mispronouncing this, somebody tell me. It's T-O-O-E-L-E. This is near Salt Lake City. This is out of KSL.com. A nine-year-old child was arrested after police say the child shot an adult family member who later died from his injuries. Okay, um, we don't have a ton of do- uh, ton of details about this, as you would imagine. Uh, they are calling it extremely sensitive in nature. Emergency crews responded to a report of an unconscious man 7.30 p.m. on February 16th. So that would have been Sunday, Friday. That would have been Friday. Uh, when they arrived, they found a 32-year-old man bleeding from his head with what appeared to be a gunshot wound. Uh, he died over the weekend. Police said an investigation led police to arrest a nine-year-old family member. Uh, They are not talking about what kind of connection the nine-year-old has to the man who died. Um, And that that is it in terms of details about this. We don't know what kind of gun. We don't know where the child got the gun. We don't know the relationship between the child and the adult. And I have a lot of questions about Utah. And how old you can be in Utah to be charged with murder or to be charged with anything. Quite frankly, I am shocked to find out they arrested a nine-year-old. We don't hear those words come out very often. Oh, my gosh. So complicated. Does a nine-year-old know what they're doing? Does a nine-year-old understand death? 
How did the nine-year-old get the gun? Were they fighting? Was this an abuse case? Um, so much to this one here. So, again, the story out of Tool, Utah, uh, near Salt Lake City, but a nine-year-old fatally shot a 32-year-old man. It's Thule, apparently. Sorry. Thank you for the correction. It's Thule. Nine-year-old child is arrested, and they're not saying um, it's not in this what this nine-year-old has been charged with. I mean, you would assume murder. I can't believe the words are coming out of my mouth, but if a nine-year-old's arrested and somebody dies, you would assume murder. Can a nine-year-old be charged with murder, or should they be? What do you do with a nine-year-old who 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 shoots and kills an adult? Uh, we need to know the circumstances of that, obviously, before we can go too far into the conversation. But holy cow, do we have a problem here? Um, speaking of that, we're going to go further into this tomorrow when we have more time and we are working to get the legislator behind this on the air coming up with us, I believe, on Thursday. Uh, but there is legislation being proposed now in Missouri in direct response to the shooting that we had at the rally here last week. Um, it would do all kinds of things. Um, you might have heard earlier that the legislation has passed. I believe it was the Missouri House that would um, for people uh, shooting off guns for celebratory reasons. That's been in the works for a long time. That's in response to something that happened in Kansas City several years ago. That has passed the House. But now there's a bill being proposed. Um, Representative Anthony Ely, who is out of Grandview, wants to attach some new language to the Missouri law that would ban carrying a gun in a parade zone. And they define that as anywhere within one mile of the parade route during parade hours. It would also require entry to a parade zone through security checkpoints, which when we talked uh, earlier in the week and last week, about how do we make parades safer. And and to, to make that suggestion would suggest that there is a way to make them safer. That that sometimes, I, I said this before, I think sometimes there's just nothing you can do. That, that sometimes things happen and, and to a certain degree, you can cut down on the problem and you can, um, you can amend laws, but sometimes things, you, you do everything that you possibly can and the shooting may still happen. But what he's talking about then is setting up, um, I mean, what I would call metal detectors then. I mean, think about what it takes to go through Arrowhead or what it takes to go through the airport, that you would have to go through security checkpoints before you could get onto the parade route. That doesn't stop shootings that happen just beyond the parade route or on the perimeter of the parade route. I think there are always going to be ways around that kind of thing. Um, but we are working to get him on. It looks like Thursday. Uh, we will talk to him more about that. So um, what a day here. What what a day with the shooting out of Utah. So we'll follow that one and see what else comes out of that. Uh, all right, coming up, we will take a break. Coming up still to finish out the half hour, there are new numbers in about the number of dogs being euthanized at shelters. We've got a serious problem with veterinary costs. We've got a serious problem with how much it costs to spay and neuter dogs. And for the first time in quite a while, we have more dogs being euthanized at shelters than cats. We'll go further into that coming up next here on KMBZ. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. The numbers are pretty dramatic coming out of a latest report. This is out of USA Today saying uh, for the first time since a particular organization started tracking this back in 2016, more dogs than cats were euthanized last year. Uh, We have new numbers on the number of pets in shelters and some of the rescues that are going on. And to give us some insight, happy to be joined by our friend Tori Fugate of the KC Pet Project. Hey, Tori. Hello, how are you today? I'm great. Thanks for getting in with us here. Um, Man, none of this is good. Um, I'm sure Mm -hmm. you've seen the numbers and you can confirm uh, kind of the consistency of what's happening here. Uh, But the group Shelter Animals Count said shelter and rescue uh, populations in the U.S. have surged by 900,000 overall since January of 2021. And we are at a five-year peak for the number of dogs being euthanized. It was over 359,000 last year. Does that sound about right? That does sound about right. Yep, it's uh, it's very dramatic what we are seeing across the country right now. Um, you know, I, I feel a little bit like I've been a broken record over the past year saying how full we are Me and too. how many more dogs mm-hmm. are coming into the shelter. I know I've been on this program a lot talking about it, but unfortunately, this is this is happening across the country. This is not isolated to Kansas City. We are still seeing more dogs, more puppies, more animals coming through here. Um, 2024 is not slowing down at all in January we saw the highest number the second highest number of animals that came through our shelter um, ever the only other highest month was July of last year Um, so January was absolutely brutal for us with the amount of animals coming in Um, our euthanasia numbers are unfortunately going up and it's just because we are seeing more animals coming through than we have ever seen in the history of this of this city I hate to ask this question but I don't know the answer under what conditions is an animal euthanized by KC Pet Project? So it's unfortunately be, it's unfortunate situations because, you know, in the past when we were taking in, I mean, when we built this shelter, we were taking in between 10 and 11,000 animals a year. We opened in January of 2020. That had been consistent over a five-year data set. So we built the shelter to handle the amount of animals that we were having coming into the shelter every year for over a five-year period. Since January of 2020, we are now taking in 5,000 to 6,000 additional animals than we were when we built this shelter. 
that is an incredible increase of the amount of animals that's coming in. And we are seeing that in municipal shelters across the country where we're seeing more animals coming in than we were in, you know, 2019. So back, you know, four years ago, we would be able to give animals more time, be able to give a lot more resources to these animals um, in order to keep them in the shelter longer, maybe work with them, do training programs. That is not the case anymore because of the animals, the amount of animals that we're seeing coming in, we are working frantically to get animals out the door. So we track what we call our length of stay. The amount of time that animals spend here in the shelter, our length of stay for dogs is only 20 days. And that is dogs in shelters or dogs in foster. That's puppies that are come in that need eight weeks in foster homes. That's across the board, which is very, very low for a municipal organization like ours. And that's because we're working as hard as we can for positive outcomes so that we don't have to use a knife for space. Every kennel here is full. Every kennel is precious when it comes to comes to the amount of animals coming in. Before we talk about the reasons and how we got here, and I think it's worth talking about many, many times because of how bad the problem is getting, I want to come back to what you said about the training. Um, as somebody that spends entirely too much time on TikTok, as I admit, <laughs> one of the things that comes up a lot that you see is the reasons why animals were surrendered back and how quickly that can happen sometimes, how somebody will adopt an animal from a shelter and return that dog or that cat it's usually dogs, five days later or a week later or a day later for reasons that they weren't ready for. And sometimes, and you would know this better than I would, sometimes it's the dog didn't get along well with the other dogs in the house or with the child in the house or the dog mm -hmm. had separation anxiety or just all these things that sometimes you can um, um, fix is a bad word for it. But spend some time in a shelter and you can train them and work them out of some of that stuff. What kind of resources do you have to do that? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, we just because of the volume of animals, we don't have, you know, as many resources as we wish we could dedicate to this. Our return numbers for dogs are actually really low. And that's because we do a we try to do the best job that we can with setting expectations at the time of adoption and then letting people know, you know, what they are getting into. If this animal, if we've seen it or know of any history of, say, separation anxiety in the home. If we know of any history, we disclose that and kind of talk them through what that's going to look like working with the animals. So we try to set those expectations up front. Um, and then we do provide, you know, post-adoption behavior resources. Um, so if people do have questions, of course, our foster families that are maybe working with dogs that came in with behavior notes, we're working with them. Um, but, you know, we wish we could provide training resources to the public and things like that to be able to keep their animals um, but at this time, we're just so overwhelmed with the amount of animals coming in that we're having to dedicate all of our time just to helping them get out the door. All right. Take me through the reasons. And I'm sure it's not one, but take me through the mm -hmm. reasons for why the population is up to where it is now. So a lot of it has to do with veterinary resources. And, you know, in the time of COVID, a lot of that clinics shut down. Um, there was a study that was put out that said that when six months of time when COVID started and remember every vet clinic kind of mm -hmm. closed down for a little bit in that period of time that put us 3 million surgeries behind schedule. So we were doing a really good job of keeping up with spay neuter surgeries as a country. We were doing a great job of doing that until that point. And now we're, and at that point we were 3 million surgeries behind um, getting community pets spayed and neutered. We're still seeing the repercussions of that, and we'll continue to see that until we can make veterinary resources more affordable and more accessible for our communities. 
um, people just simply cannot afford to have their vet um, have vet services, uh, you know, for their pets. It's becoming so expensive. For us, the cost of care in veterinary medicine went up 20% last year. Wow. We have to absorb all those costs as the shelter. And so we're seeing those price increases the same as the public is seeing. And it's really put a huge um, strain on our resources with all of these animals coming in. So that's why donations are critically needed so that we can continue to provide, you know, above and beyond care for all these animals that are coming in with medical issues. There's also a huge veterinary shortage. Um, A lot of people left the industry. Many people maybe aren't going into the industry like we used to see. So there's still animal shelters that maybe have one vet that works there. Um, And it's really difficult to find veterinarians these days that will work in shelters and just even in private practice. So it's, uh, it's a real it's a real issue with veterinary resources right now. It's interesting. That is not the reason I thought you were going to give, um, but that makes absolute perfect sense. Uh, we're talking to Tori Fugate, Casey Pet Project here. How much does it cost to spay or neuter? It can average uh, a lot of times around four to $500 for a spay-neuter surgery these days in private practice. Now, um, our partners at Pet Resource Center are a great resource to go to. They're actually offering bundles um, right now for reduced uh, spay-neuter resources. So there are some low-cost options out there, but in private practice, oftentimes you're going to see, you know, vet resources averaging around four to $500 for a spay-neuter surgery. Okay. I hate to be the one to say this, and, and I'll say it so that no one else has to, but um, part of the reason you don't get something new in your life is because you can't afford to maintain it, right? Mm-hmm. And And so I ask, are people adopting pets or getting pets without realizing the costs that are associated with that? Well, the good news about adopting a shelter pet and this, you know, we kind of go back to that whole adopt, don't shop mentality. Right. When you adopt a shelter pet, that stuff is already provided. So we put vaccinations, we've done the spay neuter, we put a microchip in the pet, like we've done all of that. And we're giving out dogs right now for free. Um, so we have about 60 dogs right now that you can adopt for free today. We do uh, Wave to Sea Wednesday every Wednesday where all dogs 20 pounds or more are free to adopt. We just did a huge special where we were doing $87 puppies. I mean, we're giving out these you know animals for a really, really reduced cost, adopting them out. And all of that veterinary resources, all of those resources have already been done. We put about four to $500 into every single animal that comes into the shelter. So that's why the benefit of adopting is so great is because you get all of that taken care of. Whereas if you maybe purchase from a breeder or a you know pet store that sells puppies, you're going to pay a lot of money to buy that dog that then you have to turn around and provide all of those veterinary resources for. And that's, I think, why we're seeing a huge strain in our community is that when people purchase puppies or get them from a neighbor or something like that, then they can't afford you know, maybe to do the, the spay-neuter, so they just go without it, and then maybe they have oops litters or, you know, things like that later on, um, and it just becomes more of a compounded issue. That is kind of what we're seeing here in Kansas City. Okay, so why aren't more people adopting pets from shelters? And I, I wonder, is it because they want a particular breed? Do they want to know the history more? They don't want it to be a stray. Why, why don't we have more people adopting from the shelters? Yeah. The good news at Casey Pet Project is our adoptions are up um, compared to where they were last year, but they're not keeping up with the volume of animals. And so we're just seeing more animals coming in every day than are going out. So that's why we just have to keep adopting out 
you know, our animals so that we can keep up with this, while at the same time looking at long-term solutions of how we can get more resources for our community that are desperately needed, such as spay-neuter resources. And so, but across the country, we are seeing adoptions taking a dip. Um, you know, we just have a lot more animals in shelters. Maybe people are looking for certain dogs, but I mean, we are getting doodle mixes. We are getting purebred dogs in here every day. Um, so if you are looking for a certain pet, chances are we're going to get it. We've had great Pyrenees dogs recently. We have so many Huskies right now. So we are getting purebred dogs in shelters. And, um, but you know, we just, we get 40 to 60 new pets every day. So people just have to keep looking at our website um, for what they're interested in. We also have a pet alert system that you can sign up for to get email alerts whenever um, a certain, a dog matching your required breed comes into the shelter that you're wanting. So here's a text we just got, and I can totally see this being a problem. Somebody just texted and said, I just adopted a Frenchie last year who needed a mass removed that was cancerous. $2,500 to do it, and they did, and we're still happy to have her. But people who adopt have to be willing to be ready Mm -hmm. for those bills also. Yeah, I say do a lot of research because, you know, certain breeds are prone maybe to, um, you know, to having some health issues later on. So it's just good to be aware of those things. You know, pet insurance is a real thing as well. You can get pet insurance that will help you cover some of those costs. Um, So that's, you know, always something to consider as well. And, you know, it's good to also, if you are purchasing a dog, and especially from a breeder, to ask about the history of those animals, see where they're, you know, where they live, all of that um, is really important because you want to make sure that if you are investing in an animal um, that you, you know, know as much as you possibly can. And, you know, for shelters, we, we disclose everything that we know. So if a pet has lived in a home previously and we know the behaviors of that animal in the home, we disclose that to adopters. And any behaviors that we note here at the shelter, those are all disclosed at the time of adoption. Before we let you go, any events coming up that we should know about that would help you out? Well, we have Wave Fee Wednesday. Um, so all dogs uh, that are 20 pounds or more are free to adopt uh, every Wednesday at KC Pet Project. Um, we also have a list. It's our canine at-risk list. And a lot of these dogs are um, just have been at the shelter for, you know, over a month's time. We're working really hard to get them out of the shelter. They're all available for adoption for free as well, including foster-to-adopt situations. So you can kind of try it before you buy it um, if you're interested in doing that. And more information about all of that's on our website. We will be having another adoption special soon. So watch our social media for all of that. Excellent. KCPetProject.org is the website. Tori Fugate, we always appreciate. I I always learn something new. I know we talk about it a lot, but I always learn something new. So we appreciate you coming on with us. Thank you so much. Thanks a bunch. All right, we'll take a break. Be back here in a few minutes on KMBZ. Happy Tuesday afternoon. Dayton Park's coming up about 10 minutes from right now. Uh, Governor Laura Kelly has signed an executive order directing flags to be flown at Hastaff this weekend in order uh, in honor of Lisa Lopez Galvin and the 22 other victims in that shooting. Um, I'm looking for flags across the state will be flown at Hastaff from sunrise until sunset on February 24th. And again, a bunch of radio stations have gotten together, uh, including us, to help raise money for that GoFundMe. At last check, it was way over $300,000, but it's pretty cool to see so many organizations that are coming out and coming together to try to raise money for the people that were affected. Uh, If you missed it this morning, Jason Kelsey and Travis Kelsey, usually the New Heights podcast comes out on Wednesday, and it will, but today they put out about a two-minute 
chat between the two of them, just encouraging people to go and and to donate uh, to some of those places. Colin, you went to Union Station this this weekend, and the first thing I asked you was, "Did you see the memorial?" Um, not. Are you talking uh, like the chairs out, or, or um, what you, what is that even still out? There I'm was not a- sure. We came in from the backside, and I can get into that later just from our location to where we were uh, from Union Station. But, yeah, we we took that little Amtrak uh, bridge tunnel-looking thing from the backside. Um, I don't know. We I was a little hesitant at first when the idea was brought up because we went to the Boulevard Brewery and we went and kind of walked around Kansas City and or downtown and just kind of that area a little bit. And on the way back, they were like, hey, we should go walk through Union Station, just see yeah. what's going on. And, and and we did, and it might be just me um, for the sake of being dramatic, but it did feel a little eerie. It was yeah, I get that. very quiet. It yeah. was very quiet. Um, didn't, didn't, didn't go into Science City, go, didn't go do like a ton of the exhibits or anything. Um, we walked and saw the, the, the model trains and everything, but it was it was very quiet. Security was, I don't know what it normally is, but we did see security walking around, making sure things were secure, as their job is. You might normally see a security guard walking mm-hmm. around. I assume there's more security than that. But in terms of what is obvious, you might see one person. I think I counted three or four okay. from the time that we were walking around. Just And they were just kind of patrolling. They weren't stationed anywhere. They were just kind of patrolling around. But... Yeah, the light shining through from the windows yeah. um, onto the big clock. They had the big American flag up in the Grand Hall. Um, everything looked beautiful. It looked fantastic. But, yeah, there was definitely a a presence felt, at least from me and, and some of my friends that were there. Okay. Um, here's where we have our staff meeting on the air. If Dana Parks are not listening, someone should make sure they know. Fox 4 just tweeted out, live at 2 p.m., Jackson County Prosecutor Gene Peters Baker is going to give updates on the investigation into the shooting that came immediately after the Chiefs parade and rally. Colin, I just saw Fox 4 just put that out on their Twitter. I would assume all the local TV stations are going to be carrying that as well. Interesting, because one of you just asked on the text line, where have the updates been? Why have police not been giving updates? And there was a meeting at 9 o'clock this morning, just a regularly scheduled meeting, of the Board of Police Commissioners for Kansas City. Remember, it is a state-appointed board. It's such a bizarre situation we have here, but it is a state-appointed commission that oversees KCPD. And it was getting a little confusing, quite frankly, even some of the comments that were being made at that commission meeting. I was following a reporter from Channel 41, and I even hesitated to read some of those tweets out loud because somebody at that meeting, I believe it might have been a deputy with the police department, suggested, and I want to be clear, suggested that a third juvenile was arrested. But even the reporter that was there couldn't tell if that's exactly what they meant. The Daily Mail had a story this morning that I'm not passing. Daily Mail never gets it wrong, but they had a story that I didn't see anywhere else with details about that shooting. And we know that TMZ has had video that other people haven't had. It's just been this very bizarre situation of still not I I get that they're juveniles and I get that you're not going to get certain details because they're juveniles. And I respect that um, for the, to protect the integrity of the investigation. I get why they might keep some details a secret. They don't want people to know that they're looking for them. They don't want people to run away, but I'm, I'm with you. I am surprised until this point that we have not heard more about it either. But again, 
two o'clock in five minutes from now is when Gene Peters Baker is set to make some comments with an update on that rally that happened um, almost a week ago. So hopefully we'll learn more about who they've arrested and what the status of that investigation is. Um, The other thing that's wild about this that continues to be true is that the man that we saw pictured in red, the guy whose picture was all over the place, seated with his hands behind his back in handcuffs in red at that rally is having to do a lot of work to clear his name and, and to make sure people know that he is not associated with the shooting. Now, where it gets confusing a little bit is he was arrested, I think, for running away from the scene or for something to do with with drinking on site. So were a lot of other people. But there are lawmakers. There's a guy out of Tennessee who put up a post and then deleted it. And the idea being thrown around that he's an illegal alien, it, it is scary to think how much people have made up details about him. And I don't for the life of me understand why. There are Missouri lawmakers who have been accused of doing the same thing. And this guy out of Tennessee was talking about um, media reports that were fake, that gave inaccurate information. And that's where he got his details from. Well, I tweeted at the guy and said, can you give me a link to those media reports that you're talking about? And of course he doesn't. And the problem with stories like that is that the corrections never get the attention that the original inaccurate story does. And so... The fact that this guy who did nothing wrong other than, you know, whatever prompted the public drunkenness charge, that's all he did, is having to spend so much time deflecting. And that picture has been everywhere. People have tweeted that picture at me saying, well, what about this guy that was arrested for the shooting? No, that guy didn't do anything. So um, we will continue to talk more about that tomorrow. All right. Gene Peters Baker, prosecutor for Jackson County, set to give an update on the rally. Dana Parks will have more on that coming up next here on KMBZ. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.